Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Ladies and gentlemen, the Michael Oldroyd Comedy Podcast is brought to you by Droid Entertainment. It is an independently produced show. And if you enjoy it, please subscribe. Feel free to write a review of the podcast on whatever platform you use to ingest podcasts, whether it's iTunes, Blueberry, Spotify, whatever it is. And if you've done all these things and you still want to help, then go ahead and just send me some nudes. All right? Send me money, send me nudes. Don't be a Jew, don't be a prude. Send me money, send me nudes. Don't be a Jew, don't be a prude. Yeah, I'm actually part Jewish. Now, enjoy today's episode. As hilarious as that music may sound, it is not how I want to kick off my podcast. Welcome to the Michael Aldrich Comedy Podcast. It's going to be so much fun where he makes humor of himself and the many things in New York City. Oh, and by the way, this is not the voice of Bruno. Hello. Hi. Are you there? Hi. Guys. Girls. Transgenders. Everything in between. Not just humans. Humans as a whole, but, you know, any other creatures that might be listening to this. Maybe there's some raccoons that are, you know, um, they, 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 they found a trash can that they like nearby a, a house where the window's open and somebody's listening to my podcast and the raccoon hears my voice and is soothed. If that's the case, what's up, raccoons? What's up, coons? Coons! Or, or any other creatures. Uh, I don't, I'm not one of these conspiracy theorists that believes in aliens or whatever, but if there are any aliens out there listening to this, hello to you as well. So, uh, welcome, uh, for the first time, or welcome back to the Michael Oldroid, pronounced Oldroid like old R2D2 comedy podcast, the Michael Oldroid comedy podcast, episode 163. We are 163 episodes deep. I'm excited about that, and I appreciate the fact that you guys are keeping this podcast going through your listens. If I wasn't getting listens, uh, would I still do the podcast? Uh, Maybe, but regardless, your listens definitely incentivize me. Let's put it that way. If I was getting one or two downloads uh, a week, uh, you know, I'd, I'd feel rejected to be honest and and i appreciate the fact that you're not letting me feel rejected so uh we have uh, many more than one or two downloads and 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 i appreciate that i'll keep it mysterious because mystery is fun mystery is very fun but i will say i think it's fun to talk about like the top listeners every once in a while before we get into our first segment of what's going on in the world so for today june 29th 2022 episode 163 
as of well, actually, it's as of a few days ago. I haven't refreshed the stats, but as of a few days ago, the top ten states that listen to the Michael Oldroyd Comedy Podcast. Drum roll, please. Hopefully, I remember to go back and do a drum roll. Actually, I'm going to take note of that. Insert drum roll. And who knows if I actually will. Uh, drum will. I wrote it down, you know, because I said... Okay, go. Cool. All right. Top 10 states in the United States that listen to the Michael Oldroyd Comedy Podcast. I'll go backwards. I'll start at 10. Pennsylvania, ladies and gentlemen. The land of green trees. That's what Sylvania means, named after William Penn. Uh, one of the biggest cities in Pennsylvania is obviously Philadelphia. Philadelphia Dank, as I call it. Uh, that's a very... Actually, I wouldn't even call it green. I would say Philadelphia is very blue, right? Very, very liberal. It's always been on the cutting edge of liberal. In fact, back during the um, pre-Civil War days when the Underground Railroad existed, um, Philadelphia was on the cutting edge as one of the most um, slave-friendly states uh, pre-Civil War. I think uh, uh, Harriet Tubman got connected with uh, some people in Philadelphia and the Underground Railroad um, started to take form when she naturally freed some slaves. And uh, well, naturally, I don't know if it's the right word, she did it on her own is what I'm trying to say by that. Out of her own accord, by, by God's grace, um, they called her Black Moses. And if I'm not mistaken, Philly and um, support in Philadelphia helped her and helped the Underground Railroad become... Uh, even more, uh, she was able to help more and more people over time, and they were able to to do that. So uh, Philly has been um, very progressive for a long time. They're super, super hardcore blue. Um, and uh, and it, what's interesting is Philadelphia is a is a red state. It's actually well, this, there's a lot of like rural parts of Pennsylvania where there's a lot of red going on. So. It's an intriguing, um, intriguing state as a whole, with the the dichotomy of super blue in Philly and like pretty hardcore red in other parts. Um, it's one of the swing states, if I'm not mistaken, and it was one of the states that helped determine this last election, uh, which we're going to talk about and what's going on in the world in a little bit because of Roe versus Wade, which is the biggest thing going on in the world at the moment, or at least one of the biggest ones, definitely in the U.S. The next state, state number nine that listens to the Michael Oldroyd Comedy Podcast, top nine, Texas, Texas, Texas. Um, if you're a, a fan of Tex, Tex-Mex, Tex-Mex, um, then, uh, then Texas is your place. Everything's bigger there, according to, uh, uh, yeah, uh, I'm, a, I'm a fan of Texas. I, I like Texas. Been there a couple times. First time I was in Texas was for a bowl game. No big deal. Not trying to brag. Down in El Paso, Texas, the Sun Bowl back in 2006, my first year as a Missouri Tiger. We went down and played in a really cool stadium where it was it was up in like the the it felt like a mountain or at least like a rocky thing, and you could see parts of the mountain above the top of the stadium, which was which was intriguing because. Um, it was very rare, and, it, and they had a workout facility attached to the stadium. It was really cool. I guess, like, the weight room you can see into the stadium, which probably motivates some of the football players to work harder, I assume. I don't know, because I don't go to school there. I didn't go to school there. We could see the facility there from from the field. That was when Rih- Rihanna 
uh, was a halftime. Um, we had never heard of Rihanna before at that time, so she was just kind of coming up, and she was the halftime show performance of the 2006 El Paso Cotton Bowl championship. I remember going out that week and trying to pick up some Hispanic ladies because it's El Paso is very Hispanic. It's right there near the border. They had one rule: do not go down to Juarez. I believe that that was the if I if I remember correctly, you know you do not go down there because you might not come back. Um, uh, I think some of the guys went down there and saw some donkey fornicating. Uh, now I I don't know I, I heard about it but I don't know if anyone actually went down. Either way, what I do know is I did not I did I did go out with some of the guys and uh, try to shoot my shot with some ladies and got rejected in El Paso, Texas. And I remember thinking, you know they they, they really treat the football players well, but. <laughs> It's bullshit that they don't provide ladies to. And as a young man, I thought that in my head. And as an older man, I realized why they don't. Because that would be pimping or a for, uh, uh, some sort of prostitution. And I'm not a fan of that at all. So I do want to be very clear. It was just in my own child brain thinking, I want some girls, you know. And I had no game at the time. It took me, it took me a little bit of time to uh, find myself uh, with the ladies. Um... Uh, and, and in 2006, during the El Paso uh, football season, Cotton Bowl or, or uh, Sun Bowl, I was not um, I was not seasoned. I was very green around the gills with the ladies. I had just gotten out of a relationship like six months before that. My first serious girlfriend, like a two and a half year relationship, and uh, and I was I was horrible with the ladies. I didn't know how to seduce. Uh, I didn't know how to seduce my hand into jerking off. Actually, I did. I did it. I did know how to do that very well. Anyway, though, uh, Texas. Uh, next time I went to Texas was a year after that, and the uh, the Cotton Bowl Classic, if you will, when the Missouri Tigers that season we were ranked number one in the nation for a, for a week, and then we lost to Oklahoma in the Big Twelve Championship. Uh, freaking Oklahoma! I was just down near Oklahoma and Arkansas. We played Arkansas in the Cotton Bowl. Everything's intertwined, uh, which is really kind of cool actually and I'll talk about that later but um yeah uh, the the cotton bowl I was starting to get better with the ladies at that time still didn't uh, I don't remember interacting with any women the week of the cotton bowl and I remember uh the the bowl game the cotton bowl is a much bigger deal than the, than the sun bowl we lost the sun bowl we won the cotton bowl I have a bowl ring for both which is ironic I didn't think they'd give out Bull rings for the losses, but um, the difference is the the bull ring with the wins as champions on it. So, my my the bull ring that I have the most um, sentimentality, as Matthew McConaughey would say, uh, Matthew McConaughey. In case you didn't get it, all right, is um, is my cotton bull ring because I feel like I I joined the team in August of 2006, and you know four months later is when we went to the Cotton Bowl. But I was there from January 1st all the way till January 1st of the next season in 2007. And then the Cotton Bowl was on January 1st of 2008. So an entire year I was with that team. And the season starts on January 1st, essentially, uh, that year. So I was fully invested. I had the momentum. I was on the team. And I feel like I did my part in helping us become the best I did what I could do, and I did my part. What I what I was I exceeded my own. I exceeded the expectations for me, in uh, both from others and with in myself. Maybe I don't know. In helping do my part for making Missouri football the best team that it's ever been and ever ever has been. 
I was talking to a, a friend. Re- I'm really speaking freeform now, and I apologize. You guys probably want to hear what's going on in the world, or you don't, because you could just turn on the news. Uh, I was talking to my friend today, humble brag. Every so in both high school and college, I was a part of the greatest team in our school's history. Uh, I talked about this on stage the other day. I said, "Hey, I'm not saying uh, I'm not saying." Missouri was the best it's ever been because I was there and you've never heard of me but you know I'm not saying it's not either you know if you removed me from the equation like grenadine from a drink would we have been as great only God knows right was I the sacrificial lamb of the Missouri Tigers only God knows Uh, that would be a pretty bold statement to make of me I have my inner thoughts um I have my inner thoughts, and it's a team sport. And are there other people that you could have removed from the equation, and it wouldn't have, we wouldn't have been good? I don't know. You know, ask God at some point, pray, uh, or, or wait until you meet. You know, yeah. Either way, um, that's my experience with Texas. I've been there for for a few times since. Been down to Austin, but you know, I've, I've gone to maybe how many times have I been in Texas now? Either flown through or stopped. At least a total of five to seven, I'd say. Five five to seven times in Texas. So, holla at my Texas peeps. How you doing? I got a friend who lives in Houston. Uh, I know people in San Antonio. I just flew there, flew through San Antonio recently. Um, uh, Austin, I've got friends in Austin. Um, I've got a good buddy in Dallas. I know some people in Dallas, Texas, which is where the Cotton Bowl was. Near Love Airport is I like that Love Gas Station and Love Airport uh, is near Dallas. I think it's in Fort Worth, if I'm not mistaken. That's a good one. I think Dallas is is further north, so it's not near the um, not near the border. Hey, remember the Alamo, right? Remember the Alamo? I what does that mean? Does anyone remember what the Alamo is? All right, is that why they celebrate Cinco de Mayo? I'm not sure. Either way. Texas, Cowboys, Dallas. I met Troy Aikman down there in Dallas. Um, I met him the week of the Cotton Bowl. All right. Let's talk more. Let's let's talk about number eight real quick, and then we'll get what's going on in the world. And and I think this is fun, right? This is something different that you guys can hear my connection with each of these states. Uh, a A brief summary. It doesn't mean it's... It's just what's off the top of my head. I didn't plan, like, I didn't have a prepared speech for each of these states. But I did want to talk about them for a second because, you know, I do have a connection with with probably every state, to be honest. And then the level of connection depends on, uh, you know, my experience. All right. So, uh, surprisingly, the the eighth state that listens to the Michael Oldroyd, the eighth um, most listens is New Jersey. I have some friends in New Jersey. Obviously, Jersey's close. It's it borders New York and New York City. Um, the Jersey, the Jersey Shore. I've actually never been to the Jersey Shore. Believe it or not, I I've been invited to go out there. And I had a friend Danielle who rented a place on the beach one time. And hold on, I gotta take a sip of this shake. <clears throat> freaking delicious man all right so i've never been to the jersey shore but i've been to jersey a few times jersey's a lot cheaper than the city i will say this when you get off the train in manhattan and you're in jersey you can feel it you can feel it in the air the people are just like more genuine 
I'm not saying Manhattan, you know, I'm not putting anyone down in, in New York, but I can immediately feel, it almost feels like there's more of a soul <laughs> in New Jersey. Uh, Manhattan is so cutthroat and financially driven. It, I mean, it's like the financial, one of the financial capitals of the world, or was. I mean, that stuff's always changing. I don't know. New York really has suffered because of the pandemic. But at one point, it was definitely the mecca of, like, everything in the world. Um, either way, though, it's, um, it just feels like there's, there's a lot of soul in Jersey. There's a lot of, a lot of, a lot of, uh, families in Jersey. A lot of people move out there to, to settle down after they've kind of either met a spouse in New York or whatever, because Jersey's a little cheaper and it's still close. You can commute in. Uh, a lot of people have to commute in to do, to work in the city or at least, Back, you know, th- things are changing now to where they have been changing for a while. I mean, the pandemic really forced a lot of remote work um, to be kind of like uh, more of a standard now. And uh, through technology, we just don't need New York the way we used to. You used to have to basically either live in New York or commute in New York if you worked in finance, if you worked on Wall Street, if you worked, you know, in, in a lot of these uh, types of businesses. And I dare say it's even bled over into the comedy world. I mean, there's some comedians that are still living in the archaic ages feeling like they have to do what's always been done. But I honestly think New York um, can hold you back in some ways as a comedian. If you, if you think with your brain and not what you're supposed to be doing or what other people tell you, if you listen to your gut and your heart like I have, I think New York can be a, a blessing and a curse in some ways. And it can hold you back in some ways if you're, depending on your financial situation, if you're always, um, you know, having to focus on how to pay rent rather than, um, you know, um, being able to focus on your comedy and the creation aspect, there is something good about being in the mix or being near the connections and being able to make the connections. And there's a tiny amount of clout that matters that comes with being in New York. So that's why I like to, um, take trips to New York whenever I can, but not have to, you know, post up there. Uh, like I did before, where I ended up feeling like I got stuck when there was a uh, a true humanitarian emergency, aka the pandemic. All right, so that's uh, state number eight. State number seven is Arizona, which is awesome. I've, as you guys know, I've been doing more and more shows in Arizona. I've been taking more trips. I think in the last year, I've gotten to see my family in Arizona like four times. Uh, my sister has a house there. She's actually living in LA at the moment. My brother's living in LA as well, but my sister's children all live in Arizona still. Um, she has four kids. Uh, I have three nieces and a nephew and my oldest niece, I was an uncle since I was one. So I was being called uncle Michael when I was one years old and my niece, uh, she's the one that has the two um, twins, the twin boys, my little twin boys, Echo and Arrow, very cute fellas, getting to see them already three times just since they were born in December. And that's been a true blessing for all of us. It warms my heart. It, you know, reminds me that I'm not a father yet. And that, uh, that is something that I do want when the timing is right. Can't force a square peg into a round hole, am I right? Uh, but when the when um, what I'm trying to say is when I meet a girl with a square vagina, then I'll be able to have kids because I have a square peg, and I need to find a square hole 
to uh, make babies with. You know what I'm saying? It's a metaphor for saying I need to have the right match. Okay, come on, ladies. I don't actually have a square penis. All right. Um, what else? I'm not in a rush, though. You know, I got to hang out with a couple lovely ladies when I was in Arizona this last time. Speaking of, you know, the lady life. And they were both wonderful. Um, is it too much to say they both had fake tits? I don't know what my deal is with fake tits, but I like them. I don't... It's not a requirement by any means, but I... Do, and I don't just like fake tits. I mean, <laughs> uh, it's... I've seen some that I didn't like. I've seen some fake tits that I didn't like before. So, you know, it's not a requirement by any means. And I've seen some, some wonderful breasts that I like. And guess what? I also... Here's something interesting. For whatever reason, most of my girlfriends in the past, like serious girlfriends, have not had huge breasts or fake tits at the time. Um, so I don't want any ladies to feel like I'm being... I sound like a superficial douche, perhaps, but... Um, I guess what I'm trying to say is that uh, I love all breasts. All breasts matter. And um, and I also do love fake tits. And I love real ones. I, I, I love... I, I think that you are what you are. Don't get them... Ladies, don't get them to feel like you, you need to measure up to some external thing. But if you want them because it really will make you happier, then, you know, then do it. I mean, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, there's no... Don't do it because you don't feel good enough. Please, please don't ever, you know, just do it because you want to. You know, everyone's different. I don't know. What I get, I mean, I feel pretty healthy about my man piece, but if I could press a button and make it bigger, I, I would, you know? I have heard that it, if it were bigger, it wouldn't be fun anymore. Is that, that's also a douchey thing to say. All right, I, I should probably cut that. Uh, let me just make a note to. Yeah, so anywho, that's, that's, that's. That's mostly Arizona. My my uh, my sister's uh, ex-husband, who's really like a big brother to me, uh, he lives out in Arizona, and he he's there. I got to spend time with him and and, and our family because we we you know we're family. Um, he he calls me little bro, and uh, he's like a big bro to me, and I appreciate him very much for everything that he's done for for me and for us. Uh, he might even be, you guys might be listening to the podcast right now. Everyone that I just talked about potentially is listening <laughs> to my podcast. You guys might, the, the people I'm talking about thus far are probably the people that, that listen to the podcast. Maybe even in every state. I don't know. Um, yeah. I, uh, speaking of that, if I, if I went back for one second and thought about like who probably listens to this podcast, um, I would say... What was the the 10th state again? Remind me the 10th state. It was uh, Pennsylvania. So, yeah, my my buddy Jimmy lives out in in PA. He seems too busy. I I can't imagine that he actually listens to my podcast. But I've I've met people through Jimmy in Philly's wife. And uh, I I don't think that she listens to my podcast, but she might. Uh, So I went to their wedding, the surprise wedding. Right, um, that they had uh, a few years back. I was a groomsman. It was a surprise wedding, and that is still to this day the most downloaded podcast I've ever had. It was episode, I think it was like episode thirty something, maybe. But it was the surprise wedding, and it, I, I I uploaded it and in a night, like in one night, it it had more views than it was an anomaly. So 
That's one of my main connections to Pennsylvania. It's not my only question, connection. So anyone who hears this, and I'm not giving you a shout-out. Don't feel bad. I'm not leaving you out. Uh, Texas, my buddy Andrew O'Toole, uh, lived, he went to um, Pond Elementary and, and LaSalle Middle School with us, and we've stayed in touch. Real cool dude, I'll be honest. Um, I went and visited him in Dallas once, and we went out and had a hilarious time. Uh, he was on my um, 30th birthday episode if you guys ever listened to that, so was Jimmy. Um, and then there's some there's some there's some ladies that I know in Texas with, with, with some nice fake breasts <laughs> that probably don't listen to the episode because usually the way it is is um, I don't know, but I, I should top I, sh- I should stop talking about fake breasts. I will say that, but yeah, I do I do know I know a gal in Houston. And who who came and visited me in New York when I was uh, when I was um, you know living out there years ago? She she's probably the only I think she's the only girl that I've ever flown to New York. Uh, she lives in Houston. Is there anyone else in Texas? Yeah, I mean I, I've got my uh, my friends that I worked with at Sagacious Consultants that live in Austin. Um, Kyle and his brother Shane uh, reside in Austin. So, what else? Um, I talked about New Jersey. I, I don't know if Pete Johnston, Pete, if you're listening, uh, I hope you're doing well. And uh, if you get this message, text me. S- say hi. I hope you're doing well. Um, Danielle was living in New Jersey for a while. I think she's going back and moving back to the city. Uh, Arizona, I talked about my family and the girls with the fake breasts. Uh, and I've met other people, you know, fans or, or, or just cool people that enjoyed the show, you know, in the times that I've been to Arizona. Am I missing people in Arizona? I probably am. And I'm so sorry. I'm missing people in every state this, thus far. uh, So... I'm probably shooting myself in the foot because for everyone I give a shout out, there's you know several others that I didn't give a shout out to, uh, and it's not done intentionally. So please don't take it personal. I love yous. Give me a kiss. All right. Next state on the list. I think this is number. Is this number six? So ten, nine, eight, seven. Yeah, Arizona was seven. The divine number seven. Kansas number six. Kansas. I wonder if I have any listeners in Smallville where Clark Joseph Kent is from, a.k.a. Superman. I got a ton of, you know, I lived on the border of Missouri and Kansas at one point, in Kansas City, Missouri, uh, off Ward Parkway when I was helping build the startup Sagacious Consultants. Uh, We became very successful. We had an office in Lenexa. So there's a lot of people that I uh, worked with. So I wonder if I have some former co-workers that still keep track of me like my buddy Amin Amin how you doing Amin Walkus he was one of my um, trusted uh, I'm going to call him um, a co-worker of mine that that, that has assisted me in a variety of ways and was uh, just a, 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 a he, he became a friend we played some video games together and he was uh, he was a great um a great uh, addition to to my team and to the team. So, Amin, if you're out there, I hope you're doing well. Freaking give me a buzz sometime so we can touch base, maybe touch tips. I don't know. Uh, John, 
John Freeman, if you listen, I know you don't because you're too busy, but I love you. Uh, Ryan Thompson. Shout out to Ryan Thompson for being great. I hope you're doing well, buddy. Uh, and all my friends in Casey, Adrian Cauldron, uh, the females, um, you know, my buddy Danny Relliger, Jeff Wolfert. I mean, shoot, all the people that came to my first comedy special recording. I mean, it was like a hundred people. I, I can't list everybody off. Uh, Ryan McDill, I hope you're doing well, bro. Aaron Relliger, I noticed the unfollow on Instagram. I just wanted to give you a shout out. I noticed that you unfollowed me. You either unfollowed me on Twitter or Instagram. I don't know what it was, but I get these notifications. Not to put fear out there. I'm not going to blast anyone. Aaron doesn't need praise. He's a great guy. He's a, he's a great dad. And uh, he's like the only person... You know, I asked my friends, Hey, dog, you horny? Um, Danny Relliger and I joke with that because we had a teammate that used to say, Hey, dog, you horny? So we kind of like adopted that phrase and... For some reason, Aaron's like one of my only friends that when I ask him if he's horny, he says no. And I feel rejected even though I'm not gay. It's weird. And I noticed that when he told me he's not horny, I, I felt rejected. And sure enough, it was I was right because he unfollowed me on Twitter like a few years later. So, you know, it's some of these instincts that you have are just, uh, they're, they, sometimes they're, they're right, you know? So anyway, shout out to Kansas. I've been out to uh, different parts of Kansas at different times. Obviously, KU is our, our big rival out there. I will say this. As big of a rival as KU was, it all goes back to the days of the 1800s. And I actually, Missouri was a slave state and Kansas was a free state. And if it, if it ever came down, I mean, obviously, that's not the case anymore. But I just want to say that I would have actually sided with Kansas. Um, and I'm a Missouri Tiger through and through, but... When it comes down to the, the, the true history of, you know, where where it came from and things like that, um, you know, I decided with Kansas. But I, I do believe in um, growth and, and learning from the past and, and making ourselves better. So rather than saying, you know, oh, I, I you know, rather than, you know, disowning, you know, my, 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 my school because of the fact that Missouri was once a slave state, what I, what I have done is focused on overcoming any racial um, difficulties or barriers or racism that that, that um, may exist because it's all you can do now is focus on where we're going and make the world a better place and and, uh, and I think that there's so many people at the University of Missouri that are not racist and uh, you know this is getting really deep really fast and I, I'm I just got myself in some deep water here. So I'm going to just kind of get out of the water. Somebody throw me a life vest real quick. Okay, appreciate it. Just extracted me from that abyss. Thank you so much. Let's get back to the thing. So fifth on top five, fifth state that listens is Florida. What's up, Florida? I'm here with you right now. We're one. Uh, so Florida, uh, obviously, that's not too surprising that it's made the top five. Um, if I started listing off everyone in Florida that I've come across, that would be silly. But guys like uh, Eric Heidi, my high school quarterback, lived down here. He's a good buddy of mine. Him and his girl um, are living down here in Tampa. So shout out to EZ. That's his nickname. High school nickname. Uh, number seven, actually, in high school was EZ QB. Uh, and then uh, my buddy Trevor Glassman, who lives here, he's a good dude. And we, uh, we T3PO 
and Miguel Old R2D2 living here in the house of the droid. Uh, 31 minutes in right now, which is exciting because that was my college football number. I am the droid. Number 31, a.k.a. the dirty one, a.k.a. the flirty one. You know? Okay. Um, but yeah, so uh, I've, I've met a lot of really great people out here in Florida. Shout out to all of you. Uh, listen off everybody that I've met uh, would be heinous and it would waste uh, it wouldn't be a waste of time you know but I, I think you guys would rather hear me talk about you, you probably want me to finish up this list very quickly and then get into the podcast so I might cut this entire thing out and just put it at the end who knows anyway uh, the next the top four Illinois is number four which I guess is not that surprising considering, you know, University of Missouri, I probably went to school with a lot of people from Illinois, have met them over the years. Living in St. Louis, it's near the, the border of of uh, Illinois. You know, the Mississippi River is the border of the east side of Missouri, and that river is the gateway to the west, essentially, where the arch is in St. Louis. And most people don't know this, but East St. Louis is actually in Illinois. Now, everyone in Missouri knows that, but when people that don't know Geography who haven't been to Missouri or the Midwest, they they think East St. Louis is just it's kind of it's kind of like Kansas City. Part of Kansas City is in Kansas, and part of it is also in Missouri. So it's a similar deal uh, with the the border of um, STL. And I have people who live in uh, I know people that live in Illinois. Chicago is obviously in Illinois, so. You know, I've done comedy in Illinois. I have an ex-girlfriend that lives out in Illinois. So, uh, hopefully she's doing well. And, um, and just, uh, you know, connections. Connections all over, right? Um, Macomb, Illinois. I remember going out there once to see the St. Louis Rams pre-camp training in the off-season. Someone recently suggested that I go check out the Tampa Bay Buccaneers practice because um they think it might re-engage some of my uh my connection with with football you know Blaine Gabbert now I'm talking about Florida again but Blaine Gabbert uh, who's from St. Louis by the way and was the quarterback for Mizzou and now is the backup for Tom Brady uh he's out there I know him he came to see me do comedy before with Chase Daniel I ran into Blaine once in Hermosa Beach and he was with a girl and I tried to not stay too long because I didn't want to cock block him and uh, that's that's how nice of a guy I, I am you know that's how nice I am all right I knew her by the way I, I also wanted a fornicator so you know there's a little bit of a weird thing you know crossing the swords whatever you know it is what it is but you know I I, I, I yielded I yielded because I'm a nice guy all right what else uh, Illinois okay Illinois we talked about him that's number four. Uh, I had a weird dream recently about uh, a girlfriend, an ex-girlfriend who who lives in Illinois. I'm going to have to talk about that later. All right. Uh, California is number three. CA, what up, Sean? What up? Put up, put up, put up. California is the state that I was born. California, A. Burbank specifically is where I was born. I would, I'd like to break up California into regions to see what – I want to see what regions inside the state these stats are coming from. But nevertheless, California is number three on the list, um, and it's a huge state. You would think it's maybe number one, but no, it's number three, the divine number three, my high school football number. That's great. 
California is a huge state, and uh, I've got lots of friends out there. It would be heinous for me to even try listing everybody off. I don't know why I started that trend. I'm not, I'm not going to continue it and follow through. Number two on the list is uh, New York City. I lived in California, Missouri, New York, and Florida. And all those states made the top five, which means Missouri is number one. Thank you, Missouri, for being number one on my list. I love you. Uh, I love Missouri, New York, California, and Florida. Surprising that Illinois squeezed itself in there, and I have no connection. No, I do have a connection with the Ill- I don't have a connection with the Illini because you know, we, we used to play against the Illini on opening day in STL. Uh, at the the Jones Dome, the TWA uh, stadium where the Rams used to play. I guess the Battle Hawks were playing there. Are they going to bring that shit back now or what? You know, the pandemic really screwed shit up. But, you know, they had that semi, that pro, what do they call it? Like the semi-pro league that they tried to, was that right before the pandemic hit or was it the year before? I don't even remember. But I was thinking about trying out for those mother foes. Anyway, um, how did you guys like that? 30 minutes of nonsense. I don't know why I just did that. I apologize. I might delete the entire thing. But let's talk about... Let's let's do what we're supposed to do and talk about what the fuck is going on in the world. What? Oh my gosh, this is exciting. What? I was wondering if you happen to know... What is going on in the world? What is going on in the world? What is going on in the world? What is going on? What is going What is going on in the world? Fuck! 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 So Roe versus Wade was overturned. Um, I believe I, I don't know all the intricacies. Uh, I heard that it's just like they're making it so that each state can decide which direction it's going to go. Um, all I can say about it is you better strap it up before you smack it up. Now, if if you ever didn't feel the incentive to wear condoms before, uh, you might want to consider it now if you don't want to have a kid. Um, do you guys want to hear my view on it? Or... <sighs> um, no, I... Strap it up before you smack it up. I want to invent a condom that just covers the tip of the penis. And, and it al- just like right where the pee-pee comes out. Um, just cover that with like this like salve thing that causes it to like... It's like an adhesive temporarily until you put salve to remove it. And it just covers the pee hole. You know, that way the entire penis can be submerged in the vagina. Um, and you can, uh, you can, you can basically, uh, fornicate without any, uh, baby consequences. Now the whole STD thing, that's on you, right? So that's a, that's a, you're, you're, you're exposed, but at least you don't have to worry about babies and it feels good. You know what I mean? So, you know, at least it does something. I don't know. So I'd like to get that going if I could. You know, universe, if someone could invent that for me since I'm too lazy and I really don't care about getting credit or the money. I just want to see it invented. I'll just put my ideas into the ether and let somebody else make it come true because I'm such a, um, you know, I'm a I'm, um, sacrifice. Uh, I, I, I'm, it's all about self-sacrifice for the greater good, you know. 
Do you want to hear my opinion on it? Or do you... I feel like everyone's got an opinion. You know what all the opinions are. Why the fuck do you care to hear mine? Um, all I know is... Um, I'll say this. Um, you know, everyone deserves to have an opinion and you shouldn't try to force your opinion or your way of thinking on somebody else. Just don't do the thing that you don't believe in. Is that mysterious or clear enough? Yeah, if you don't believe in abortions, then don't get one. But don't tell someone else what to do. Huh? It reminds me of the show... I'm watching this TV show called The Boys right now. Because my sister's baby dad... His name's Rahel. I'm just going to call him by name. Rahel likes that show. And my friend Patrick Garrity told me I should check it out. So I've been watching it a little bit. And I'm I'm enjoying it. And there's there's only a couple good superheroes in that show that are truly good to the core. Uh, Starlight is the girl who's from the Midwest. She's wholesome. And she talked about religion... In a way that I really liked. She said, you know, she felt like she had to keep up this act to please others, to please her mom. But it wasn't true for her. And sometimes the truth is the thing that we all need. And I can tell you, I know that Starlight would not agree with telling other people you can't have, um, you know, that you what you have to do with your body, right? Uh, I don't think that she would approve of herself getting an abortion. But, um... You know, I I also don't think that she would say that it's fair or right to impose your belief system on others. Um, I thought it was a really cool speech that she just gave in episode four or five very uh, to the Christian camp, actually. Ironically, this does tie in. Um, she went back to this church camp thing, uh, this Jesus camp thing. It was very important to her growing up, but she could tell that there was a lot of hypocrisy within it. And she didn't want to lie to these kids that look up to these people um she wanted to keep it real you know they asked her you know have you ever had sex before marriage did you have sex with your boyfriend before marriage and she lied and she said no but she felt bad about lying to them because she didn't feel like she was being one honest and two you know lying lying can really have negative consequences and if you're portraying yourself to be one way that's almost impossible or whatever you want to call it um, you know, there, there, there can be some bad stuff. So I really liked her, her message because I, I actually happen to agree with her, her view, uh, Starlight. Um, if I ever met Starlight, and I'm sorry, if you guys haven't seen the show and you're like, what the fuck are you talking about? Just know that she keeps it real and she's not into lying. It doesn't mean that she doesn't agree with everything that's said about Jesus, but it does mean that she can think for herself and she doesn't want to just promote blind faith and blind lies to other people. So, um, that's kind of my stance, you know, I think for myself and I, and I, and I don't believe in, um, I think that, I think that abortion is, is, it shouldn't be used as a form of birth control out of laziness. Um, you know, and it definitely shouldn't be like, you shouldn't wait like 48 weeks and then go, Oh, you know what? Never mind. I, I think I'm, I think, I don't think 48, I guess, how many weeks are you even able to be pregnant? Four months is 16 weeks. Yeah, 48 weeks is like two-year pregnancy. Okay. But you know what I'm saying. Like, you shouldn't wait until different, like, beyond, like, beyond the first trimester. I'd say even the first, like, four weeks, really. 
uh, I think it should. Uh, the only the times where I think it should be. First of all, I don't believe in telling other people what they can or can't do. However, like if a woman goes in and gets an abortion, you know, right before she has the kid, you know, that's that's disgusting. You know, that's that's really fucked up, right? That's that that is fucked up in my opinion. Uh what else is fucked up is a woman who who's been raped or um you know, um What's uh, incest or something like that, where she doesn't want to, have, and then her being forced to not only have the child but raise it, or or certain um, um, birth complication that um, could destroy that child's life, uh, and, and, you know. And, and if they, so I'm just trying to say, you know, there are certain circumstances where my own personal views feel like an abortion may be up for consideration. Uh, I would never want to have to face that. I've never look. I've had some scares in my day, you know, because I put my pee in a few vase, and uh, I've had some scares. But luckily, I've never gotten anyone pregnant, to my knowledge, because I'd hate to be faced with that. I do know a girl. I do know a girl who told me a story about her having had done that. She did get an abortion, and she, um, I think it was like. 16 weeks in or something like that and and I think um maybe it was sooner I either way she is there was so much trauma associated with that and she was just so she felt so bad about it I don't think anybody ever wants to do it I think it's a matter of being responsible with I don't I don't know all I know is just don't do it if you don't want to if you don't believe in getting abortions don't get them you know what I'm saying but Forcing your views. Okay, I've said enough, right? Okay, cool. Uh, uh, I probably lost several of the listeners right there. But you know what? I love you guys, and I, I hope that you don't, you know, you know, I don't know. I hope that you still love me. Eh? I love you. I love you. All right, what do you want to talk about, guys, huh? <laughs> the January. Let's talk about some more controversial stuff before we get to the non-confrontational controversial. All right, uh, Biden. Um, Biden falls off bike. You guys saw that. We've all heard of it at this point. Good, great, grand, wonderful. No yelling on the bus. I'm not saying it's good that he fell off his bike. I'm saying that it's good that he that he's unscathed, to my knowledge. Um, it's sad, you know. A lot of people, a lot of people are concerned that Biden has, uh, you know, no capacity that he's senile and. And now, uh, you know, basically, so I don't know, you know, I'll be honest. I really don't, I, 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 I'm glad that he's okay. And, uh, and I did see the video and a lot of people were laughing. I didn't find it too funny just because it's kind of like, it's, it's sad and, you know, um, sad in the way that not sad that he fell off the bike specifically, kind of just sad that there's, how do I say it? I don't even give a fuck to to explain it. My head hurts thinking about it. Uh, So I'm just going to move on uh, and talk about the January 6th hearing. Apparently that's on pause now because there's new evidence that has come out. Either way, I watched some dude from Arizona testify a little bit or some highlights. And it was pretty icky, I'll say. It's pretty icky. Pretty icky stuff. Not looking too good for Trump. 
A lot of people are hating these people because they think that they're tearing down their leader. Um, yeah, uh, I don't know. You know, it's um, all I can say is if it's true that he that he actually was an active participant and, and ugh, you guys are, you know, if that's the truth, then by golly, thank goodness he's gone, right? So, um, you know, whatever. I'm getting a text here. What am I getting? All right. Uh, um, we'll talk about... I saw one up headline that there's a Nazi. The oldest Nazi in the world has recently been put on trial at age 102 for war crimes from World War II. So if, if, if what we do today echoes in eternity, uh, then that's a case in point. Don't do shit that's going to haunt you for the rest of your life and potentially beyond into the afterlife if there is such a thing, which I do... I would like there to be one, you know, I would like there to be one and I'd like it to be a good place. Um, and I think that if you're a Nazi and there's an afterlife, I'm not sure it's going to be a very good, pleasant place, you know? So, uh, yeah, don't do that is kind of what I'm getting at here. Um, don't do evil shit, you know? Uh, that said, um, did you hear about the 46 people found in the truck in San Antonio, Texas? I think that they were crossing the border. I'm so tempted to say that they were coming from El Paso or Juarez, but that's not funny. It's fucking sad. Uh, I will, I will say that sucks. They died of heat exhaustion. There was a lot of, it's just, I don't know, you know, it's, there's shit going on in the world and it's just not. You know, it's, uh, I don't know. You know, it's just, it's just effed up, you know? Uh, I don't even know how that did happen or didn't. So I can't attribute that to anything. I can't attribute to the, the wall that Trump's talking about. I, I really, I don't know anything about it other than there's people that were dead in a, in the truck. And I think they were from Mexico and it's fucking, it's crazy. Um, I guess if I were to twist anything into humor, it reminds me of the movie Men in Black in the men, in the beginning when, whenever they find that truck and there's people in there. Um, you know, I don't. I think it's too soon to try to make any humor out of that. It just sucks, you know. But on a, on, a, on a fun note, you know, like think about it. Just think about positivity, like Men in Black. I don't know. I, I really couldn't. There's really nothing that. I, yeah, I don't. I don't think there's anything funny that can come of that at the moment. I feel, I don't know, I feel conflicted, you know? I feel conflicted on even making the attempt at humor on, on, on something freshly shitty, you know? Speaking of freshly shitty, there was an Amtrak that derailed in Missouri. I've ridden that Amtrak from Kansas City to St. Louis before when I lived in Kansas City. And it was a fun ride, uh, you know? It's like a three-hour and 40-minute ride. and You just sit back, you can read and... You know, it's like a a plane, except it's a train. And that sucks, you know? The freaking thing derailed, and there was a few people that died, ton injured. I mean, what the F? It's it's just, uh, you know, count your blessings, man. Count your blessings, and don't be evil. 
Don't be like a Nazi. That's I think that's the best takeaway. Be like a fighting a fighting leatherneck. You know, be a fighting leatherneck, not a Nazi. I think fighting leathernecks were from World War Two, if I'm not mistaken. They would wear leather around their necks to protect themselves. That's a that's actually the mascot of a school in Illinois, uh, where one of my favorite people in the whole world, Trevor Grimshaw, went to school. So shout out to T. Grim and the fighting the fighting leathernecks. Um, and um, and I'll talk more about the, uh, T. Grimm in a, in a little later, as well as the rest of the coaches that came out to see me in St. Louis at my show last Thursday night, which was almost a week ago already. Crazy how time flies. Um, let's take a quick... <sighs> just to center ourselves. Sometimes if I'm talking too fast, you know what I mean? It can um, It can be a little bit hard to follow after a while and exhausting. So I can't believe that I'm already 52 minutes in and I really haven't talked about that much. Talked to, but you know, we're going to, we're going to keep it moving. Uh, some people, whoever's listening is sleeping by now. So wake up motherfucker. All right, let's do it. <laughs> um, the Am- the avalanche won the gosh dang Stanley cup and then dented it shortly after on the ice. I heard, but uh, they did beat the Tampa Lightning. The Tampa Lightning did not get the famous three-peat that we were shooting for. No pun intended. Uh, and I tr- I attribute it because of the fact that there's no ice in Florida. That's why I say that. Uh, the Avalanche have a have an advantage when you're a fucking avalanche. You're, you're made of ice, you know? Let me take a quick sip of this thing. Oh, by golly, that's so delish. That is such a delish dank. All right. Um, Avalanche 1, Tampa Lightning, is in mourning. The city of Tampa is in mourning right now, but we'll get over it. We got Tom Brady in the fall, and I really don't give a fuck. (laughs) What else, though? Do you guys have any questions before I move on? Do you have any questions about the universe? Uh, Feel free to ask. Uh, you know how earlier I said that um, only God knows if I was the sacrificial lamb of Mizzou or how good at football I am? Well, I, I created a new joke recently to where I talk about how, you know, I do an impression of my friend Hieronymus on stage. You know, I talk about how communication and traveling, and I say, I met a dude in Amsterdam. I've talked about this before to you guys, but I met a dude named Hieronymus, and you know, when I met him on the train, speaking of trains, right? We were tra- traveling from Paris to Amsterdam. We traveled through Belgium. And on the way there, we met this dude through... We, we were sitting next to these two nice girls on the train. We started playing improv games, actually, which was really fun. One of them was called Black Magic. I forget how to do it. But anyway, they're like, we should introduce you to our friend. That's not a good accent or a good impression. But anyway, um, they introduced me to Hieronymus. <laughs> And I'll never forget. I am Hieronymus. I'm a physicist from Amsterdam. And you, if you have any questions about the universe, feel free to ask. And I just remember thinking it was the most cocky and humble statement. It was like, did I just meet God? I didn't know God had, you know, uh, an accent, a Dutch accent. So anyway, imagine, I've told you guys this before, but I, I, I'm, I'm incorporating it in my comedy now a little bit. And when I talk about football later after that, and I say, um... 
hey, this is, uh, you know, I, I say, uh, guys, uh, only God knows how good of a football player I was. I know I never got to play, but I was no scrub. And, you know, feel free, you know, if you ever meet God, which, you know, I hope you do at, at some point, right? Um, you know, on that day when you get to meet God, uh, you know, if you have any questions, feel one question you could ask is, you know, you know, how good was Mike? Is he, was he really actually as good of a football player as as he as he portrays to us? Because you know, um, only God knows, right? How good he was, uh, and you know, and don't be surprised if you if you get a response like. Uh, Actually, Michael was a very good football player, so if you have any other questions about the universe, feel free to ask. <laughs> so, I'm pretty excited about that new bit. We'll see how it goes. I just uh, did a new joke for you guys that I'm very excited about, and I think it really adds a little bit of pizzazz to my routine. So, and I think it, I think it makes a good point, you know what I mean? Actually, Michael is a very good uh, football player, American football specifically, and um, he's very fantastic, and he did not get the proper opportunity, but I designed it that way, so it actually worked out uh, exactly as I planned, and if you have any other questions about the universe, feel free, feel free to ask. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's the uh, unabri- uh, the abridged or unabridged version? Okay. Anyway, uh, before I move on to what's going on in the comedy world, I'm just going to talk about the movie stuff real quick. Uh, I finished Obi-Wan Kenobi, episode 6. The season is done, and I'll tell you, it was fantastic. I had a spiritual boner the entire time. Obi-Wan, I don't want to give too much away, but I just want to say that um, Obi-Wan stepped up to the fucking plate, as we knew he would. Uh, It was inspiring. Uh, I loved... I'm not going to give too much away, but I will just say that the way they merged Anakin or, or Hayden Christensen's voice with James Earl Jones. So Anakin is the actor that played Darth Vader before he became Darth Vader in episode one, two, and three. And they used his voice in a scene and mixed it. I'm not going to say how or why because I don't want to give it away. But they, they mixed it with the actual Darth Vader voice done by James Earl Jones from, you know, episodes four, five, and six. You know, <laughs> Luke, I am your father. You know, that they mixed his voice with that for a reason, and you could hear them both at the same time, and it, I thought it was phenomenal, um, and it was a great way to end it, and, you know, Princess Leia is awesome, and when she gets older, I might have to holler. Uh, that doesn't make any sense. She, what the fuck am I talking about? She already did you know, That was the famous Princess Leia. Anyway, okay, that's weird. I Whatever I just said is really weird, but... You know, it is what it is. She, she's a, a cutie pie. I'm talking about she's got a good heart. And Princess Leia as an adult was pretty hot. So, you know, you know, it is what it is. Okay, cool. Let's move on. So that's the Obi-Wan Kenobi. Elvis, I hear, is really good. That new Elvis movie. Um, did I ever tell you guys? I haven't seen the new Elvis movie yet, but I've seen that the actor has been on Jimmy Fallon and a bunch of late night shows. And I think this, the movie's performing well. My connection to Elvis is I've been to... Um, Memphis. I've been to Memphis and I didn't go to Graceland, you know. But Elvis is like a, a Michael Jackson type, you know, one of the greatest entertainers uh, of all time. Um, I think Michael, didn't Michael Jackson marry Elvis's daughter, Lisa Marie? Anyway, um, I. 
I had an acting teacher in college, and of all people, she compared me to Elvis. You know, Andrea Onstad. It was acting for non-majors. It was a really good class, and uh, I was a comedian back then. I was just starting out, and she said, "You remind me of Elvis Presley." That's what she said. I was like, "Really? Why?" I mean, that sounds like a cool compliment, right? And she said, "Because um, for a few reasons." Uh, what I do remember, she said Elvis had to do a bunch of, like, dud gigs and do whatever he had to do just to kind of, had to perform wherever he needed to perform just to kind of get started, and it took him years or whatever, but he was one of the biggest stars, you know, the world's ever seen, and she's like, I see, you know, she she, she felt that I had some of, whatever that connection is with Elvis, uh... So I always took that as a really big compliment. So it's time for me to puff my chest and brag to you guys because, you know, it's a very narcissistic thing to do and that's fun. Huh? Okay. What else? My friends move... Speaking of um, country type music, I don't know if you would call it country, but anyway, my friend Paul is moving to Nashville. We'll talk about him at the end, but I was down in Cape and it just reminded I had to do a small town show last weekend in Kennett, Missouri and... Uh, super red, red of reds, you know, very conservative and rural. And the show went really well. So Paul was very nervous and he's like, dude, I don't think this is going to go over very well. And, you know, anyway, it worked out. They, they loved me by the end and I loved them and they were awesome. And we had intercourse as one giant group in a smoky bar because they still allow smoke in rural Missouri. And I filled my lungs with smoke, um, you know, to, uh, as a trade-off, you know, to, to have spiritual intercourse with these lovely humans. And, uh, there's a connection there with that small town gig, uh, with Elvis starting out and, um, and Paul moving to Nashville with his wife, Amber. We'll talk about that later. Anyway, the last movie I'm going to talk about right now is Top Gun. I finally saw it with my parents. I'll be honest, my desire to see it again is there. Uh, I really liked it. I thought they did a great job. Tom Cruise, as much as I like to jab at him, he did a terrific job with this. Uh, there was a lot of soul to the movie. Um, the special effects were great. The storyline was really good. Uh, and I and I enjoyed myself. I was inspired. You know, Maverick is... Uh, it, I watched it the night before I did my show downtown and it was inspiring it was exactly what I needed to see to, to step up to the plate it's one thing to perform for an anonymous audience that you may never see again it's another thing to invite all the people that know you from where you came from and, and every aspect of your life to have any of them have the opportunity to show up and put on a show for them because you know I've already solidified my reputation with them you know, the only thing I can do is, is, is tarnish it. You know, it's like when Eddie Murphy went back and hosted Saturday Night Live recently in a different way though. Like I'm not comparing myself to Eddie Murphy. What I'm saying is I've already, these people already were, we love each other, you know, that they came up to my show on, on, on last Thursday in St. Louis. I didn't want to give them any less than the Michael Oldroyd that they know, you know, which is the true me. The, the best version of me and um, 
and I and I and I and I I don't feel that I let them down. I, I let it rip. I did my thing. Hopefully they enjoyed it. It seemed like they did. Was it their cup of tea? I hope. You know, everyone's different. We'll see. Either way, I feel good about it, and I'm thankful for their support. I love them to death, and we'll talk a little bit more at the end. So, um, but I make the comparison to Maverick. You know, when you put your balls on the line the way he did, it was inspiring for me to just go out there and not think and just fucking give it to him. You know what I'm saying? Just give him that fucking comedy. So anyway, I was thankful for that. So yeah, that's that. Uh, That's what's going on in the world. Let's talk about what's going on in the comedy world now. Excuse me, I don't mean to be rude and interrupt, but are you ready for the segment known as What is going on in the comedy world? Oh my gosh. Another beat? Yeah. Like, what is this? This is so exciting. Oh, I don't even know what is happening in the comedy world, so please, entertain me. Talk to me. Tell me. What the fuck is going on in the comedy world? Talk to me. Tell me. Talk to me, Michael. Entertain me. I'm listening. I'm ready for you to tell me. I want to learn. I want to know. I want to know now. Okay, so, um, what's going on in the comedy world? Well, I only have one bullet point this week, which should flatter you guys or make you excited, because this episode is already long enough. Uh, what's going on in the comedy world? Um, my friend Chris James is on America's Got Talent right now, so check him out, look for him. He's the British comedian, African-American. I heard he made it through the first round last week. I haven't had a chance to sit down and watch it yet, but... Wanted to give him a shout out. He's a good dude. Um, he actually, he might have helped me more than any comedian that I met the entire time that I was in New York City. Um, Chris James, I appreciate the. He saw me perform one night in New York, and then he saw. These girls come up to me after the show, and he said to me, first of all, tremendous show. Secondly, every comedian is going to hate you because you're good. Yeah, he said, you're good looking, and, you know, like, you're, it's it's not, it's not going to, you know, like, the, the thing with the girls coming up to me and stuff, he's like, you know, he's like, yeah, yeah other, other comedians are not going to like you, you know? So... He, we started talking, we became friends, and he actually helped me. Chris James is the one, I can say this, he gave me, I can finally say this, I feel like, because he's made it and there's no consequences for him, and, and the world can see him for, for what he did on a positive note for me. He he gave me a, a room to work on and grow. He gave me this this hostel that he, he allowed me to start hosting, doing spots and closing shows at this hostel in Brooklyn off the J train I forget what part is it what part of Brooklyn was it I forget the name anyway he 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 gave me this room and and my growth started to exponentially increase and it allowed me to start getting to the point where I felt like I was comfortable to take a stab at headlining other real venues and stuff. I mean, this was a real venue, but it was a hostel. You know, it was a weekly hostel show. International Travers, it helped me It helped me do two things. It helped me uh, grow my material, and it helped me become more comfortable. 
and it helped me host. It helped me be able to connect with audiences and form a connection. And it helped me make stuff more worldly for basically anyone in the world. could, If they spoke English and understood me, they'd be able to appreciate and enjoy the show. So, Chris, Chris James, I've always liked you. You've always been a warm spirit. And you've been kind of critical, but critical for the better. Critical to get me thinking. Critical to push me to grow and in in many ways just what I needed from a friend slash mentor in some ways um, and and I thank you for your time and your energy Chris and I wish you success I hope that this show I hope that you go really far in the show and I'll be paying attention and much love bro so shout out to Chris James check him out on America's Got Talent he is very funny uh, he's a he's a black dude with a British accent, and it's it's funny, and he does tremendous inspre- impressions. His impression of Barack Obama is is out of this world. So, look him up. You could probably find him if you if you go to my um, mutual followers or followees, Instagram, TikTok, whatever. So, look up Chris James. That's what's going on in the comedy world from my perspective right now, and that's all that I have to say about that for now. Sound good? Capiche. Hello? Are we doing this again? I thought you just talked about what's going on in the comedy world. My comedy world. Sorry, I didn't know that what's going on in your comedy world is like more important. It's not. Oh, it's not? Oh, that's why you put a third? Okay, I apologize. Bukaki? Well, let's listen. Let's listen to what's going on in Michael's comedy world, you freaking narcissist. Okay. What is going on in Michael's comedy world? Michael's comedy world. Michael's Comedy World. Alright, so what's going on in my comedy world? Well, the avalanche one... No, that's already... Just kidding. What's going on in my comedy world? Well, I... This kind of has to do with what's going on in the overall comedy world. The bigger name I get, the more I'm just going to combine what's going on in the comedy world versus what's going on in my comedy world, right? Because the circle, the Michael Oldroyd circle grows... In theory, and hopefully, right, to the point where it just becomes one with what's going on in the comedy world as a whole. I mean, technically, it already is part of what's going on in the comedy world. It's just, it'll grow so much in theory and in, in hope, you know, I say that humbly, that um, that is just one topic. And then there will be three segments to the podcast. <laughs> but anyway, what's going on in my comedy world? Well, right up top, I did, I did fucking, I, I nutted up and I sent... Lauren Michaels, a direct email, um, and it didn't bounce back as undeliverable, so it went through. Hopefully it's an email address that he checks and then it's right. This is the third time I've reached out to Saturday Night Live and shot my best shot. At that time, in that moment, all things considered, and put it out there, right? I heard back from them the second time. It was during an open submission period, and they said, thank you for your submission, exclamation point, and that was it, right? So I don't know if any of my sketches that I submitted, that was last year. The second time that I submitted was a year ago, last summer, and um, I don't know if any of those sketches made it in any way onto because I didn't see every single sketch from this last season, 47, 47, shout out to my man Cedric Owens. But as we approach season 48, um, 
I, I at least nutted up and tried. And, you know, I swung for the fences. I stepped up to the plate. I'm proud of myself for that, and I actually smoked a cigar afterwards. I said a prayer with my mom, you know, held her hand as I hit submit. And my prayer, I can genuinely share that it wasn't that I get on Saturday Night Live. It was that if this is a door that I am to walk through, that it's done for good intention and for the right reasons. So basically it was the exact opposite of... You know, when one sells their soul to the devil, it was the exact opposite of that. It was with the permission of God, you know, if it is, if it is God's will, then it, then I ask that it be done with good intention and for good reason that, that it's a path that, um, that I'm given the strength to walk, uh, and that, you know, that it, that it does good for the world and, and that it does good for me too, you know? Uh, that that it brings light and joy, you know that because that would be the reason that I would want to be on there, right? So, um, I feel pretty good. You know what I mean? I feel good that I, I, um, you know, I, I flexed with God on it. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> so if it's God's will, then then it'll happen. We'll see if 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 good old Lauren Miguel's gets back to me, and um. And, you know, I feel good about it. I smoked a cigar afterwards. I felt good about it. My mom cried and in a good way. And um, and it's done. So third time is hopefully a charm. We'll see. But you can, you can high-five me for actually doing it and trying. And um, and uh, if you don't see me on four, season 48, then... Then I guess that means that he didn't... He either didn't reply or I didn't like the deal that was offered. <laughs> so, um... Yeah. Anywho, that is uh, that update. Uh, what else? I, I did my show in St. Louis. I did my show down in Kennet. Kennet is where Cheryl Crow is from, by the way. So I'll st- I'll talk- I think I talked a little bit about that. I'll-, I'll start with St. Louis last Thursday. Fucking awesome. I felt so good. Uh, so much support from the Eureka community specifically and, and some other support too. But it was in Ballpark Village, downtown St. Louis. This is the first time that... A lot of us had been together there since 20 years ago when the Eureka High School football team went to the state championship and played against Kearney, Kearney, Missouri, um, in that East versus West battle uh, of the state of Missouri. And, um, you know, uh, you know, the Grimshaw family was there, both Pat and Trevor and, and their, and their family, uh, coach Cleveland and his wife, um, uh, so three coaches of mine and then, you know, guys like Eddie Har, Ryan Schrader, shout out to you guys down in Sullivan, Missouri coaching now, my, my former high school teammates, then went off to, uh, to college in Missouri, uh, to play a little football out there. Um, and, and you're coaching the, the Sullivan Eagles, you know, I, I loved having your support there and, you know, I, I got to go visit their practice last season when I was in St. Louis, and I plan on going back and and and, and you know doing whatever I can to assist. But Mike Cannell came out, Ronda Ramsey, Angel Marie Diva. Shout out to the Angels Online. Um, you know, David Reed came out with one of his friends. My friend Jay Nettishim came out. Uh, Jay Thomas, I think, is what he goes by with his wife. Got to meet her. He was, uh, 
friends with my ex-girlfriend in college, so I, I spent some time with him and, and those guys back in the day from Fenton Mo, and I appreciated you guys. I appreciate you, Jay. Um, and and who else? Who else did we have? Uh, we had more. We had some people that I didn't, that I had never met before, that saw some of the advertising, that liked it, wanted to see some comedy. We we had a great time. Uh, the staff was great. Appreciate Shark Bar for putting on the show, letting me do it. You know, people had a good time. There was laughs. There was drinks. There was catching up. There was giggles. Oh, um, Leslie Loudon and uh, Emily Pickett showed up. Uh, I feel like I'm forgetting people, and I feel bad. Uh, anyway, there was a good turnout. No. Uh, and, 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 you know, we did, we, we had lots of giggles, lots of laughs and good times, you know, Sam, Sam, my buddy, uh, Tyler Schaefering's buddy, Tyler was out of town, couldn't make it. Uh, some, uh, another dude that was in, in Tyler's wedding as one of his, uh, either a groomsman or, uh, just a close friend that was hanging up. So anyway, we had a great time. You know, there was a lot, a lot, a lot of good turnout. There's, there's people I'm feeling to. To remember off the top of my head, so please forgive me. Uh, but nevertheless, uh, it was it was it was what I could have hoped for, and I felt like it, it took me a couple of days to get over the the high of it and uh, and the meaning behind it. And I would say that the the support from that community, my teammates and coaches and friends uh, for that show, inspired me to have the balls to step up to the plate and reach out to Lauren Michaels the next day. So. Um, just wanted to thank thank that thank them and and I feel really good about that. So um, it was on Saturday that I drove down to Southeast Missouri, stopped by Cape Girardeau, picked up my buddy Paul Stimmerman, longtime track teammate, one of my best friends. We went down to Kennett Mo. He was the one who was like, "Dude, this is red, red, bro. You know, red, red, red rover." Uh, did the show, tore it up, had spiritual intercourse with them. People were wanting autographs and buying wristbands and taking pictures. And it was, uh, you know, it was great. You know, it was a wholesome, it was a wholesome experience. And I know we're in the time of where, you know, it's very, we're in a very divided point in our country. And Paul believes that I have what it takes to actually bring us all together through my comedy. Uh, I, I didn't tell him that that's like a goal of mine, but he feels that with my experience living in red states and blue states and being able to connect with people from anywhere and and, and not be combative or divisive, but understanding and, and creating unity through my comedy and, and connection, um, it was really touching to hear Paul's excitement and, and his how proud he was after witnessing that. Um, and we talked a lot and he just, he was really excited. And Paul's actually a psychiatric nurse practitioner. So I, I really value his opinion. He's, he's a very funny dude. He's always been funny and he's always had a great sense of humor. Uh, full spectrum. Paul, Paul is great. He's got, he also has a, a dark sense of humor that, that him and I connect on and we, we have a great laugh, but it's all coming from a good place. You know what I mean? Like Paul's one of the best people that I know. Um, he lives up to what's written in the book of Corinthians. He's living it. You know, one Paul wrote about love, another Paul's living it. My man Paul and Amber are a light to this world for 
as a reminder that love exists, you know, and it can exist. And uh, I'm just thankful to to know him and to to be friends with him and to have, to have helped him with you know his engagement and wedding and be a groomsman and speak at his wedding and and get to see him. They're moving to Nashville, which is really exciting. His his wife Amber uh, has a sister in Nashville, so. I'm going to be able to go visit them more, and I'll do shows in Nashville. they got a Zanies out there that Trevor just performed at this week. Trevor was in Nashville. So there's crossover, and um, Paul knows my buddy Eric. So, um, you know, I'm going to try to get Paul to come out here, and we'll go do a little fishing. Um, there's a lot of intertwining in worlds that are overlapped and connected here. The Eureka community, baby, I, I love you so much, and I am, I'm so thankful to have been a part of it and be able to make my mark on it and um you know just the the coaches uh that came out trevor grimshaw one of my favorite people in the world i know coach lamison wanted to be there his daughter his daughter had a uh, a big recital in in florida here in panama city so that's exciting shout out to lambo even though he couldn't be at the show i understand why but yeah trevor trevor's the man he's the one that reminds me of luke skywalker if it wasn't for Trevor, I wouldn't have been able to walk on at the University of Missouri. It was him who helped open the door with Coach Odom at the time, and I just, um, I'm forever grateful toward him um, and his support. It, 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 you know, these types of things are the things that put Win under my wings, you know, and uh, you know, the people that are rooting for me, I, I'm, I'm, I'm. I'm trying to be the best I can be for them, too. You know, I'm doing it for me, and I'm doing it for them, a.k.a. you. Um, you know, we're all we're all fighting together here, and I, I you know, I, 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 I will feel bad if I ever let some of these people down, which is one of the reasons that I continue to, you know, to be in the path of the light in so many good ways, you know, when you have love around you, it's so powerful that it forces you, it checkmates you into, to being the best that you can be. That's why love is so important. Love is such a powerful, the light has such great power, you know, and, and people, uh, like these coaches, they live in the light because, you know, they've sacrificed their lives to, 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 to help all of us um and they're and they're doing and and you know what i can tell they're they're doing well and they're happy you know there's something about doing good that that's good for you gosh dang it you know it's inspiring and it's a good thing so um so yeah i wanted to i wanted to say that oh and one thing that paul said that i thought was really cool and i'm I'm sharing his words here paul i'm i'm, I'm quoting you uh i'm paraphrasing here but Paul thinks that the world needs my comedy right now, and he thinks that the comedy world needs my comedy because he thinks that there's a lot of people that are walking on eggshells right now in both worlds there, both comedians and just human beings and you know, schools. You know, everyone's going through a time where everyone's walking on eggshells, and he, he thinks that the world needs someone like me who doesn't give a fuck and who's kind of middle of the road, someone who understands you know living who understands both sides in different ways and can relate without bashing the other you know like he used i think he really likes bill burr a lot but he used bill burr as an example someone who's super far right you know and he's like he's too far to the right it's entertaining but whatever 
um, you know, blowing up cruise ships and stuff as part of his material. <laughs> but uh, Paul thinks that I'm right down there, down the center. It's just who I am, and it's it's what the world needs right now. So I like that, um, and I appreciate it. So, and, and 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 I can do it without changing who I am. It's who I am essentially. And and Paul Paul saw me start where the crowd didn't like me because they knew I was a former football player and that's how I was announced and they immediately a lot of them didn't get to go to college and you know like who's this fucking dude from who played football from a zoo but as we got to know each other we went from I climbed from from low to high and then crescendoed at the end of the show where where we fell in love with each other and we really connected so there's something to that Lauren Michaels if you're listening um I can connect with the red, and I think Saturday Night Live needs more red state appeal without pandering to the red states, but being able to connect and without like attacking, right? Like Saturday Night Live has gotten very, very, you know, left to the point where it's like it alienates a big part of our country, you know, I, I feel. Um, so. I think that that's one of the things that I can offer SNL is to kind of even even out the playing fields and, and just be funny right down the middle, you know? Um, so, yeah, that's that's what's going on in my world. That's what's going on in the comedy world, uh, my comedy world. And the last section is, is specifically, I guess, what's just going on in my world. It all bleeds together, really. But anyway, if you want to listen... Uh, I'll be wrapping it up with this last section, and we'll we'll call it an episode. So, what's going on in my world? Your world? Oh, what are you talking about? That's like so weird, and I don't know why my accent is changing over time. Who am I? Oh, this is no, what type of instrument is that? Bukaki. That's fun. You're fun. We're fun. Michael, let's hear about you. Oh my gosh, how do you do? I am so excited to be here with you. Let us do this one last segment all for you. Okay, so without repeating myself too much, let's see here. I met a guy. I was driving for Uber yesterday just to make a little extra cash after getting in town. Before... Before doing trivia at the Marriott, which was very fun last night, by the way. I think it was the fourth time we did it. Met some really cool people. Every time I do trivia at the Marriott, it's basically comedy and improv without me doing, like, material, you know? The material is the trivia, which is different than the material of my my stand-up comedy where I'm, like, doing... If you have any questions about the universe, feel free to ask. But I did actually do that impression. So it was funny because I did ask questions about, like, Amsterdam and... You know, I just, I, the trivia is fun. I make it my own, you know. So come out to the Marriott on Tuesday night, 68. We're not going to be there this next weekend because 4th of July is coming, which I got to talk about, by the way. So 4th of July is going to be on Sunday or Monday. I think it's Monday of this upcoming week. 4th of July, I, I love that holiday. In fact, when I was home, I went and I got my American flag man thong, which I haven't had with me the entire time I've been in Florida. So I, I plan on rocking that by the pool and on the beach and just having fun with it. Uh, really glad to have had the, got the man thong back. In fact, I might go wear it uh, at the pool, see if I can chum the waters with a couple chicks here. Um, you know, show off the bulge. Uh, I probably should work out. Anyway, 
When I see uh, kids there, I don't bust out the thong. I've never busted out the thong at a pool before, so i got to make sure there aren't any kids around. But I will do it at the beach. Nevertheless, I plan on going to the beach at least one or two days this weekend. I might... We'll see if I can convince Eric Heidi to go down to Key West with me and maybe do some fishing. But anyway, I wish you guys in advance a happy 4th of July. It'll be Monday when these episodes usually air. I'll probably air this episode today, though, so... I don't think I don't think I'm going to air this on 4th of July. I think I'm just going to air it today and then skip the 4th of July so that I can go have fun. Um, oh, and this weekend I forgot to mention that I have three shows. Tomorrow night I'll be... I forget what the name of the freaking place is, but Saturday, Friday and Saturday I'm in St. Cloud, which I guess is like 45 minutes from Orlando at a comedy club called Porky's. Um, so I forget if there's two shows or four shows, but I know that I'm performing on both Friday and Saturday night in St. Cloud at Porky's. So look up Porky's if you want to come see me, St. Cloud, Missouri. Um, and that is this weekend, I guess the, the July 1st and 2nd, Friday, Saturday. And then the last day, so Thursday I'll be at the cellar door. It's at the Southern on 5th. Kitchen and Bar. It's in downtown Claremont, which is not too far from Orlando. So I'll be there tomorrow, Thursday. Tomorrow, a.k.a. Thursday. I forgot to mention that earlier. So those are the next couple shows. Um, if you're going to be in Florida for the 4th of July, hit me up. And we'll, we'll go out on the beach and chum the waters in my American flag man thong. Um, what else, though? Uh, speaking of that, I met a really cool guy in the Uber that, that I was going to mention he uh really successful dude i could tell he was really well educated uh probably went to grad school he was using some big words some of them i understood some of them i didn't but he wasn't being cocky in how he used them he wasn't trying to you know he's just articulating himself with more specific words that that uh that you know i had to look up one or two but we had a great discussion about all kinds of stuff including the economy um uh, you know, he. I guess he's like he leads. Um, he leads a, a, an aspect of a company. I think leads logistics of a, a, the company that he's working for. Probably there's probably a chief in the front of his title. Didn't ask like a C something, chief operating officer or something like that. But um, nevertheless, I, I was curious to hear. I like hearing different perspectives. I was like, what do you? How do you think we combat inflation right now? And, he he thinks that there, like I talked about in my last podcast, that there will be a stock market crash that comes. So um, one might be coming. Just brace yourselves. Uh, he thinks that the recession has actually already begun, um, but that the recession or the crash won't last longer than 60 to 90 days, which was encouraging to me. I mean, it'll take time to rebuild all the way, of course, but you know there will be like a, a, a crash according to his perspective. Uh, and, um, it all comes down to energy is what he was saying, you know, which is, you know, this, um, you know, energy is, is, is like the number one economic kind of like, uh, battle for scarcity of it, you know? Um, but nevertheless, uh, it was really interesting to talk to him and he was saying one of the things that the United, one of the weaknesses of the United States, which... This shit, I'm not saying this to expose 
our weaknesses to anyone outside of the U.S. that, that listen that l- listens because it's more so to, to to get us here in the U.S. that listen thinking about it. I have more listeners in the U.S. than any other country by far, and and we are the future. So everyone listening to this, you are the United States. We all have a responsibility in some way, shape, or form. Even if it, even if that's just you know being a humble. Uh, person or family that goes and works the 90 the nine to five and you know is on kind of the the middle class or lower uh part of the the the, the capitalist pyramid as far as the, the 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 economic cash flow goes um and uh, and and i'm right there with you i mean i'm pursuing my dream uh of of what i love doing comedy and i'm i'm here with you guys uh on the you know, I couldn't call myself rich. You know, I, I do have a, a retirement that's that's healthy, but it's not like <laughs> yeah, I'm not I'm not like Dan Brazarian, you know, the Playboy millionaire. I'm just the Playboy. You know, I'm the Playboy m- middle class. To I wouldn't call myself poor. I'll say middle class. I'm the Playboy middle class dude. But nevertheless, um, he was saying one of the problems with the u.s is that we we think in terms of short-term success you know everything is based on quarterly earnings you know capitalism financial and we're all shooting for that next quarter and sometimes in order to like think about the long term you have to take a step back for a second to to grow but it's not in our american zeal to take time to develop and to grow and he was saying how you know, there's like no 500-year plan, whereas China has like a 500-year plan. You know, buy up, play the long game. People don't care about personal gratification there. They care about long-term country success. So, you know, that idea is something that should inspire us in the United States to be aware of that. And to really try to buy and buy domestic, uh, sell, you know, like less imports, more exports. Um, more American-made stuff. You know, I mean, this is a 4th of July episode, so I'm talking about it. It's important that we don't... There's a lot of entitlement here in the United States, and it's like, I've always been the best. I've always been... We've always lived in the best country, so we're automatically the best. But that's like the most toxic and worst habit that anyone... Or, you know, Have you ever met a rich family where the kids are so spoiled that they do nothing and they never accomplish anything. I'm not saying that if you're rich, your kids are automatically spoiled and won't accomplish anything, but it happens a lot and we've all seen it. We don't want to be those kids as America. We don't want to be those rich, spoiled kids that take things for granted, expect things, expect to be weighted hand and foot while the the kids that didn't have much are grinding in the background and and flying past those rich spoiled kids because they've had to work for shit so this is kind of a wake-up call right as a fourth of july episode that we need to get the we need to get wake the fuck up and everyone in the united states not just so we give it up for the troops all the time while they're battling Right to protect our borders and to keep us safe and to keep a, a, a stronghold. There's an internal battle going on here in the U.S. where we need to wake the fuck up, get back to work, and um, and, and and take some you know take some ownership in our country, right? And 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 take have some American pride. And if it's if it's not the country that you want to 
that you're proud of or that you want to see, then make it that way. Make it a better country. You know, I think that there was a girl that did a poem when Biden got elected. You know, if you're brave enough to see the light, if you're brave enough to be it, right? Be the fucking change that you want to see. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I'm, my, my mission statement is to bring infinite love and laughter to the world. And I'm doing it. I'm doing everything I can to make that happen. So everybody, you know, we, we need to, we need to pick up, pick up our, make, clean up our mess and do our shit and try to, yeah. So that's my motivation. That's my American pride message for right now. Uh, that's what I want to say about that. But, but at the same time, I, to, to reinforce that, um, quickly, we're like the Super Bowl. You know how like every year there's a if if a pro football team doesn't win a championship they'll like fire their head coach because they they want they want to win a Super Bowl now but they don't realize these people who are putting people on the chopping chopping block oftentimes don't know how the fuck to do it themselves and they don't realize that sometimes it takes time to grow and develop and if you if you say Super Bowl next year you're gone versus Hey, let's build the best fucking team that we possibly can in an empire and a dynasty like the Patriots had over the last 20 years. You know, you can't you can't build a Patriots dynasty by saying we're going to be Super Bowl champions next year or nothing, right? Cuz then you you do the scorched earth thing, or earth thing and it's impossible to keep going at that pace. So anyway, um it's something to think about. If I was ever the president, I'd set up a loose 500 year plan I know I know that there's going to be presidents to try to deviate from that and things like that but it's an idea or at least a road map because I don't I don't know if one exists I mean there's a, there's supposedly a book where you know each president can add to it and read when, whenever you're elected president but I hope that there's some kind of a 500 year plan somewhere you know so God bless the USA is what I'm trying to say and when I say my prayer at the end, maybe I'll maybe I'll uh, pray for the U.S. for a second and pray for the world. Ultimately, by praying for the U.S., I am praying for the world because freedom and liberty are the greatest. Um, it's the light of the world. Freedom, the opportunity to to work hard and make money. You know, to be an independent contractor. Essentially, these are all great things. Um, some people would argue right now our liberty is being threatened by uh, saying that, telling what, telling women what they can or can't do with their bodies. But nevertheless, um, you know, let's let's. All right. So, was there anything else I wanted to talk about? Oh yeah, I was talking to Paul, and we had a good conversation about trauma. I I had trauma when when I was living in New York. Um, when when the pandemic hit. It was a traumatic experience. I was locked into my place for 90 days, essentially. I mean, I was able to go outside, but I was by myself. I didn't have any family or friends in the city, aside from a few people I knew in the building and the doorman and things like that. But we had a good conversation. Paul is a psychiatric nurse practitioner, and um, he was just saying that if someone goes through a, a, you know, a traumatic experience, that it's it's a good thing because it it forces you to grow, and without it, 
life can be kind of sterile. He he compared it to the rich kid analogy, actually. You know, like those rich, spoiled kids that I was talking about? Trauma helps mold and shape a person. And the way you bounce back is what makes people likable in stories. When you think about, like, superheroes, he was like, you know, every superhero had to experience trauma in some way, shape, or form that led them to become the hero that they became, the hero of their story, right? So for anyone that's had a hard time or is having a hard time, I think that that's a positive thing to share. Everyone's battling different stuff and at different, or, or, or most people are, not everyone, you know. Everyone's had to battle stuff at different times. There's no doubt about that. It's part of being human. But if anyone happens to be listening that's having a hard time, just know that, that difficulty leads to not only strength, but like the opportunity to perse- persevere in being the hero of your own story, you know. You take any superhero. And I thought that that was really cool. We talked about superheroes in a way that was really fun. Paul Paul was just saying how I think his two favorite superheroes are Deadpool and uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s version of Iron Man. They're both complete assholes on the outside, but the core of them is is, is, is gold. It's, it's like it's sometimes trying to appear to be good. If it doesn't match actually being good on the inside, then it's then it's not good at all. It's it's bad, you know. And and I think the best analogy I can create is kind of like anyone that claims to be religious on so that the exterior appears to be good, but is not focused on the interior of actually truly being good. It's very hypocritical. It's a hypocrite. I've said that before, and that's not the way. That's not good. You know, the insides are what matters. Those superheroes being good on the inside, the Iron Man, the Deadpool, and not the Ewan McGregor from that Angels and Demons movie or these superheroes in the boys that, you know, that act like they're the center of everything, uh, but they're, you know, pieces of shit uh, internally. Um yeah, those are those are good reminders. I think it's it's more important that the core is good and that the intention and the action is taken versus the self righteousness and um and things like that. You know that 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 girl in the boys who who, who spoke out. She said, "Anyone that like tries to tell you that they know everything, you got to be cautious." And I agree with that. You know, I really do. Like. That's the cool thing about life is we're always learning. No, who who really knows? You know everything. Trying to learn and grow, and you know that's that's just a cool thing. Uh, I do believe in God, and I be, I believe in love. I told you guys that before, but I can't sit here and I've told you. You know I don't know what what happens after you die, or that you know me hooking up with chicks is like. You know it's like, but I, I don't need to rehash on old topics, so I'm not going to. But I think you get, I think what I'm trying to say, and I do have, uh, I think I have one or two more points as I wrap up. So I was talking to Paul, I, I had this dream that I saw, um, uh, an ex-girlfriend of mine and, um, I guess I, I wanted to say that the dream was kind of surprising. I, I dreamed that she was in an abusive I dreamed that everything seemed to be good on the outside and that she seemed really happy and then I found out in the dream I hadn't seen her in a long time but I found out in the dream 
And this could be, you know, dreams, good or bad, can be completely. I'm not into like automatically attributing meaning to dreams. I think that they're either random firing of synapses of shit that. So I don't like look at my dream and be like, ooh, this has meaning. Like, I just. It, 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 what it did do is it made me think. I, there was an ex girlfriend in this dream that on the outside seemed to be, you know, doing really great and her relationship was going really well, but. In talking to her and catching up with her after I hadn't seen her in years, I learned very quickly that she's in a terrible situation and that the guy is actually abusing her and using her and, and manipulating her. She's essentially like a prisoner in their relationship. And boy, when I found that out, I'm not a man of violence, but I beat the shit out of him in my dream. I beat the shit out of this guy for taking advantage of this girl. You know, and 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 I just want to say, like, if there are any girls out there that are in a situation like that where you feel trapped, I mean, I offer my friendship, um, and if you don't feel comfortable with me, just know that there are people, there, there's organizations out there to help you get out of something if you feel trapped, you know? So, it's not a... I guess... It would be weird for me to offer that to anyone because, like, you have to feel safe in order to do that. But I offer that to at least anyone that knows me. Let's put it that way. Like, anyone that knows me well enough to be to trust me because you already trust me and you already know me. You know my character. If it's an ex-girlfriend or anything, like, I extend the olive branch. Like, you don't have to feel so proud that you have to be embarrassed, I guess. You know? Like... I, I want I want my exes to be happy, you know, and um, there's no shame. I hope no one's going through some shit like this. You know, this could be, you know, I hope that this is just a dream. But again, like if that is the case, please don't be a stranger because there's ways to get out of that. You know, um, yeah. Anyway, um. Should I? There was a girl that I was talking to recently who was talking about the problem of people jerking off too much during relationships. I guess this is like a pandemic issue across the board where there's a lot of people in relationships where the guy either jerks off too much and doesn't want to have sex or vice versa or whatever. And I thought that that was kind of interesting and funny. So um, I guess I'll just quickly say if, if you're one of those people that maybe your girlfriend's complaining because you don't want to have sex because you're jerking off too much maybe just like going on a, a masturbation fast you know I don't know or wife you know whatever it is if you're married maybe go on a masturbation fast which can be difficult I don't know you know it's we live in a it's it's interesting stuff but anyway uh, I guess I'll end the, the podcast by saying a quick prayer for us and then we'll and then we'll call it a day I can't believe I'm almost at two hours but uh, dear, dear God, dear love, I pray to love. I pray to the, to, to love. Whether it's in any format, that love, love is love. So if it's like a board of directors that are tasked with uh, honoring and 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 managing love, or if it's a, a CEO or a board of you know, whatever it is, I pray to love. So dear love, uh, I just want to give you a shout out and thank you for an awesome trip to Missouri, uh, a wholesome experience that I had. Thank you for keeping me safe and thank you even more for the meaning 
of that trip and the relationships that I got to nourish and 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 and, and restore my soul with you know my parents my family coaches friends um thank you so much for that it, it was it was awesome um thank you for the opportunity to do what I love which is comedy to give people laughter I pray that I that I did that is I know that I did the best that I can I hope that the effect on them was positive um I pray that this upcoming week of shows goes well and that I'm able to give laughter I always pray that the number one thing that that results in me doing comedy is the joy that people receive from experiencing humor um with, with with no negative side effects or anything I just want it to be pure love and pure humor and pure pure laughter and relief uh and and, and, and if we can th- if they need to be motivated or inspired by it then I, I pray that that's the case too but I just pray that it's like you know good medicine laughter is the best medicine and a lot of us need it especially after going through such a hard time the last couple of years um uh, so, you know, I, I pray for the opportunity that, that, you know, that I, that I do that right, that I take the risk, you know, it's a, it's a responsibility that I don't abuse the power that you give me, um, in any way. I don't want to abuse it. I want to leverage it for good. Um, allow me to be a tool that, um, one of the tools in your toolbox, God, I, uh, I pray for that. And, um. And I also pray for our country as we go into the 4th of July, like I was talking about on my podcast, which you're probably my only, my biggest listener, God. You know, I can't imagine that any human being actually sits and listens to all my podcasts. I don't think anyone has time, but God, you have all the time in the world and you're probably also my biggest fan, you know, so it might just be us right now talking, uh, me, me talking to you, uh, I pray for the United States, as I was saying earlier in this podcast. I pray that that you help us to 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 grow. I hope that you help our our, our our country to grow into its its greatest capability, which is freedom, which is uh, embodying the true ideals of freedom, liberty the opportunity to pursue happiness and, and and hopefully to find it as well. I don't think it's possible to find it without love, a.k.a. you. So I pray that you infuse yourself with that, if that's the case. Um, um, and the opportunity to, to, to be the best that we can be here. You know, So um, I pray that you help heal us from, from all the divisiveness that we've had use me and my comedy however needed in order to to help with any of these things but but help us to come together more um and not let it be so divided with this left versus blue and this whole roe versus wade being overturned and you know red versus blue with the january 6th and you know i I just pray that you help come down and, and and heal us from from this divided time help us to become take ownership and, and American pride in, 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 in really, like I said, trying to, trying to, to, to live up to the, the greatest that we can be. And, and when we're at our best, God, we're at the light, we're, we're the light of the world. When we, when we freed the, when we freed the, um, 
the Jews from 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 Dachau and the concentration camps during World War II. It's the most American pride I've ever felt, Lord. And I pray that you help us get back to that. I pray that you don't let the United States be cocky. And perhaps that's what you might be doing right now is is humbling us and making us realize that 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 we need to step up to the plate and continue to refill the well by doing good things and working hard and doing all these things. And, and Lord, I pray that we do do those things. And I pray that we, that we always remain humanitarian and think about others because we are all one. Whether we're the United States or not, we're all one. My friends in Amsterdam, like Hieronymus, I, I'll never forget him. And, and, I, and I want... If people don't have the opportunity to grow up here or, or, or live here, I pray that the United States continues to be a light for countries where others live so that they can feel safe, so that we so that we don't abuse our power, but we use it for good, that we use it for being the light of the world, and that we use it to, to free others that want to be freed or that, that don't realize that they want to be freed and we free them. So... Um, I just, I just pray that you, that you bless the world, um, and that you bless us, the United States of America, my favorite, my favorite country, obviously, um, I'm an American through and through, um, but, but I, I, I don't just pray for us, I pray for all of us, so, anyway, um, thank you for letting us have another 4th of July in celebration of, of our freedom. And and um, and I think that that's that's all I have to say at this moment. So thank you all. I forgot to say amen after my last prayer last week. So amen, amen, amen. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, cheers, guys. Much love. God bless. Happy Fourth. And uh, go red, white, and blue, which if you combine them all is purple, which is really what I am. I'm purple and gold, baby. Eureka Wildcats. Purple is divine. Uh, so, yeah. Fish out. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. By the way, am I the only one who's horny? Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.